Today's episode is what we refer to as a CPC Pro episode because we are joined by one of the trained clinicians from the Christian Psychological Center, our content sponsor. Since the late 1970s, the Christian Psychological Center has been providing hope and direction to those experiencing life difficulties in a manner that reflects God's love and grace. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Joey. And from Circle O Productions, this is Crossroads of Divorce. Today we're joined by George Ciotis, who is a licensed professional counselor with Masters of Arts in Religion and a Masters Masters in Education with a degree emphasis in psychology. George's counseling career spans adolescents and adults with significant experience with addictions, depression and anxiety, marital conflict, family therapy and parent training, trauma, anger management and stress management. Today he is he has joined us to discuss this area of trauma. And George, thank you for being here and explain to us why understanding trauma is so important. Uh, thanks, Joe. I'm happy to be here. Uh, one of the reasons that trauma is so important to recognize is that um, what we see on the outside in a person's behavior uh, or what we call symptoms uh, can have different causes. And sometimes we can make assumptions about one thing and it's really something else. Hmm. Um, sometimes a person can exhibit trauma symptoms. Um, but we can chalk that up to simple anxiety or attention deficit disorder or things like that, and uh, we may address it the wrong way. Hmm. Uh, a really good example of a trauma response uh, is what happened not too long ago uh, on the Oscars. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Rock was hosting yeah. the show, yes. and he made um, an unfortunate uh, comment about Will Smith's wife. Yeah, and uh, Will Smith's response uh, was to assault uh, Rock on stage. Right. Uh, if you know anything about uh, Will Smith's background, uh, this is a man that's had lots of trauma in his background. Mm-hmm. Um, he has said before mm-hmm. that um, there were times in his life when he would see um, uh, stepdad or boyfriend—I can't remember the details—of um, uh, his mom. Uh, physically assaulting her and feeling completely powerless. Mm, Uh, And in that moment um, at the Oscars, he responded according to what his trauma told him to do. Mm. Um, uh, That kind of acting out was absolutely a trauma response. Mm. Sure. Interesting. Um, People can look at that and and think different things about what happened there, but I'm pretty convinced that's what was going on with him. Yeah. Right. Uh, As far as what trauma is. Yeah. What is trauma? uh, Trauma is when we encounter something that's overwhelming to our brain's ability to process it and integrate it. Huh. the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Disorders, it defines trauma specifically as uh, exposure to actual or threatened death, serious injury, or sexual violence, either directly or by witness, or report of it happening to someone close to you. We actually know, though, that a person can have trauma symptoms caused by circumstances other than these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a broader definition seems more useful 
um, uh, another definition is an event is traumatic if it's extremely upsetting, at least temporarily overwhelms the individual's internal resources, and produces lasting psychological symptoms. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at it that way, uh, there are all kinds of things that fall into the realm of trauma. Right. Uh, those of us that treat trauma, we often use language like this. We'll say that there are some traumatic things that are uh, trauma with a capital T, mm -hmm. like um, uh, being living through a disaster, being in combat, being physically or sexually assaulted. Those so things. those would be like real intense trauma mm -hmm. with a capital yeah. T that most people would recognize as traumatic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then there are the things that um, uh, we call lowercase t traumas. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are things that may be more personally traumatic, uh, mm -hmm. where, where n maybe not everybody would be traumatized by these things. But sometimes uh, the, uh, a, a gathering of these kinds of events together is mm -hmm. kind of like getting buried with an avalanche of pebbles. Okay. Mm -hmm. So an example of a lowercase t, t trauma could be something like um, a, a young a young girl who's told by her father, you know, you would be so much prettier if you would just lose weight. Uh, right. Yep. Okay. Uh, you hear those kinds of things enough, and it produces lasting symptoms. Sure. sure. It can okay. turn into a capital T. Well, mm. and it's interesting that you bring that up because so many of the people that I talk to – that come through our Fresh Start Divorce Recovery Program, as we have conversations, there's often these conversations, I would say most of the time, that go back especially to parents and mm -hmm. comments like that, that to, to some people would be a benign comment, but it really impacted that person. And mm -hmm. then here they are, whatever age they're at, but they're still really carrying that burden and it's one of the things i've been amazed at that how often it goes back to something like you just described it's kind of the little t's are the things that parents probably tell their kid oh just kind of get over that you know you don't need to be upset about that mm -hmm. type of thing but it really can affect different people differently and, and that's the quality of trauma is that it changes the way you see yourself and how you see the world hmm hmm um, and that kind of going to the definition, it sounds like, and I, I, I agree with what I think you're saying, that's kind of a better definition than just kind of that, um, you know, these, these drastic events that happened because, mm -hmm. because that's really, if it's changed you, if it's really affected you, that's major. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, f uh, there is a, a really great uh, section in a book called the PTSD Workbook that talks about this part. It says, mm. um, prior to the occurrence of a traumatic event or events, there are generally certain basic assumptions that guide your life. You probably believe that the world is kind, that there's meaning mm -hmm. to your life, that things make sense. You believe that you're good and worthy of having good things happen to you. Then trauma strikes. You're suddenly no longer in control of what happened around you. Mm -hmm. You're vulnerable, and your world is no longer safe and secure. Furthermore, you can't make sense of what's left over. The meaning of life that was present just a short time before is gone. Life mm -hmm. is no longer fair and just. Mm -hmm. Right. So it yeah. does change the way you see yourself and mm -hmm. change the way you see the world. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is we end up trying to create for ourselves 
some kind of world that feels a little bit safer to us. Mm. Um, and, and so we end up changing the way, like I said, changing the way that we see the world and changing the way that we see ourselves. Um, I do a lot of uh, trauma therapy with young women that have been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's never just one stuck negative thought mm. uh, when we're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in lots of trauma cases, there may be one or two stuck negative thoughts that I really have to work on. But mm-hmm. uh, in situations like that, there's always a plethora of them. It's always things like, uh, I'm permanently damaged. No one will want me. It was mm-hmm. my fault. Uh, I can never be safe. I can never trust anyone again. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that that come yeah. up. Right. And they're very difficult to deal with. And so people end up having to arrange their lives around those kinds of thoughts. Mm. Mm-hmm. We are sitting at this moment uh, maybe 300 feet from where Eliza Fletcher was abducted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here at CPC, uh, very quickly that morning, um, we started talking with each other about what happened and how sure. we could help or whatever. Right. And um, it wasn't two hours, uh, within two hours of that, uh, mm-hmm. that I started seeing posts on social media about uh, this event. So it, it had spread, word had spread very quickly. But people were posting things like, uh, what was this lady doing running around the neighborhood at 4.30 right. in the morning? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I got to thinking, wait a minute, this is Central Avenue. People are running up and down this street all day, all every day. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most well-lit, well-monitored streets in Memphis. The ROTC folks are running. The track team's running. There's all kinds of people. The universities. Yeah, just yeah absolutely. The university's right here. And mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter where you run anyway. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but what happens when we experience trauma is we try to create rules to follow uh, so that we don't have to struggle with this again. Mm. So when people say, what was she doing running around the, uh, the neighborhood at 4.30 in the morning? What, basically what they're saying was, well, if I don't run down Central Avenue at 4.30 in the morning, this, then this can't happen to me. Mm. Well, the truth is that kind of thing could happen to anybody mm-hmm. at any time. Yeah. But if we are facing that kind of uh, – blunt brutal truth it's hard to get through the day mm-hmm. if we have to keep that in front of us all the time so we create uh situ you know if we create rules to follow then we think we are safe mm-hmm. you know this is not me saying that we're not yeah <laughs> but yeah. but this is i mean my my perspective on it is you know we're on a ball of rock hurtling around the sun at thousands of miles an hour that doesn't <laughs> sound safe either but we, <laughs> we have to figure out Um, how to manage in this world. And so we keep our eyes on uh, the things that are in front of us and what's important and, and, uh, and we find a way to create some peace inside. Mm -hmm. That's the thing with trauma. It becomes difficult to have peace. Mm -hmm. It changes the way your brain works. Uh, What happens when we experience trauma is that uh, the sympathetic side of our nervous system is kicked in. It's sympathetic side of the nervous system is, uh, the fight or flight side. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to protect us from danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all kinds of physical things happen. You know, our heart beats faster, our adrenaline uh, gets pumping, we think faster, we move faster, things like that. Uh, it puts our brains on the alert all the time because um, it's supposed to protect us. Mm-hmm. So trauma puts us in that spot, and then that activity in the brain. Uh, 
continues. It it doesn't abate like mm-hmm. we would expect it to. Um, if you were to look at a brain scan of a person with post-traumatic stress disorder, um, you would see that the fight-or-flight areas of their brain are all lit up all the time. Hmm. Um, and when that's the wow. case, you know, we can't, we can't adequately function like that yeah. uh, for very long. Um, I uh, guess that's why um, people think it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because that fight or flight, constantly being in that mode, makes you anxious. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to think, you know, oh, you know, if it's a bunch of little T's that has stressed you out, a person who hasn't experienced that or or maybe has a harder shell and doesn't, isn't affected by a comment that's a little T comment, probably doesn't understand that. Really, this person is experiencing trauma, but they um, they feel like that it's just anxiety. Oh, I have an anxious child, mm-hmm. but they don't really look at the real reason why there's probably anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and um, anxiety is absolutely symptomatic mm-hmm. of trauma. Um, and another thing that happens is that we because we think – this is some organic kind of anxiety situation, you know, that it's just this person is wired that way somehow, mm-hmm. uh, that we'll treat that with uh, anti-anxiety medications, mm-hmm. um, some of which help the trauma process, but some don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, for example, there is uh, a, a lot of people take benzodiazepine medicines to deal with anxiety. Uh, benzodiazepine medicines are things like Xanax, Valium, Clonopin, yep. uh, Ativan, things like that. Um, in one of the trauma therapies that I do, uh, when a person is taking that medication, it actually hampers the process. Hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, it's not it's not always a good thing. Yeah. Um, but there are some medicines that really do seem to help. A lot of the, and I'm not a medical expert, but mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, some of the medicines that seem to work to help a person better utilize their serotonin, they seem to mm-hmm. be pretty helpful, mm. for instance. But okay. I guess with trauma, you know, taking medicine can help with the anxiety, but you still need to deal with the trauma for it to be, I guess, really effective. That's correct. Yeah. Trauma creates what I call looping, which means mm. that the uh, the traumatic event, whatever it is, uh, and the implications of it, that stuff keeps coming back, mm. like kind of like a broken record. And some okay. of those looping symptoms are obvious, like nightmares or flashbacks or what we call dissociation, where a person kind of checks out from here and now. And mm-hmm. when they think about what happened, they're not in the room anymore. They're back there again in their head Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and what's going on is uh, the brain is unable to integrate the overwhelmingly painful experience so it stays elevated Mm. Um, uh, a man named Bessel van der Kolk said it this way Bessel van der Kolk is a a Harvard psychiatrist Um, he wrote a really great book it's called The Body Keeps the Score Mm, Uh, talks about Mm -hmm. trauma and how we hold it in our bodies and, and things like that he said Uh, Trauma affects the entire human organism, body, mind, and brain. In PTSD, the body continues to defend against a threat that belongs to the past. Mm. 
uh, healing from PTSD means being able to terminate this continued stress mobilization Mm -hmm. and restore the entire organism to safety. So um, because our brains are are continuing to try to deal with something that isn't even present right now, Mm -hmm. um, it mobilizes your whole body to try to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we Mm -hmm. hold stress and tension. Bessel van der Kolk, I actually heard him say one time that he thinks, excuse me, (coughs) he thinks that uh, yoga is better than any antidepressant he can prescribe. Oh, Oh, wow. Which I thought was really interesting. There really is something about... Uh, reducing the tension in your muscles yeah. and, and stuff like that. Exercise yeah. is great, yep. um, uh, but uh, um, there all the all those emotions. I mean, even people that really aren't suffering from something as severe as PTSD. I mean, it manifests itself, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel it. It just mm-hmm. it manifests itself. If you're worried about something or if something's bothering you, it just whether it's tightness in your shoulders or. And then, and then, of course, trauma would put that on a whole different level. So, totally mm-hmm. makes sense, right? And it's also important uh, to think in more than one dimension on this because mm-hmm. we can think, well, if I encounter an incident of trauma, say I was involved in a car accident, mm-hmm. and uh, after that, it changed my view of the world. I used to think that it was safe to drive. Now I don't think it's safe to drive. And in mm-hmm. fact, if I'm driving, uh, I become uh, I, I become hyper alert, and I'm uh, I am so focused on what's happening that it's actually hard for me to drive safely because um, I'm too nervous. I'm not relaxed. Right. Well, that's one single incident of trauma. Mm-hmm. A lot of people encounter multiple instances of trauma, mm-hmm. and they end up having like a cumulative effect. Think of it this way: that uh, each time. Uh, we encounter something in life, it changes our brains a little bit. Mm. And so um, we end up creating these pathways of functioning in our brains. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that at one time uh, the Grand Canyon probably started uh, like any other river. <laughs> okay. But, if, but uh, eventually uh, the water and, and the movement uh, of the, uh, you know, different uh, um, geological shelves and things like that mm-hmm. changed the landscape. Yeah. Sure. Um, in the same way, all of our experiences change our brains and we mm-hmm. create these pathways of functioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, our brain carves out. Um, uh, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that go with these experiences. Mm. So if I learn that uh, I'm only attractive if I'm thin, and that's mm-hmm. what my dad mm-hmm. taught me when I was young, yeah. then I might go way out of my way uh, to uh, participate in behaviors that are going to keep me there. Yeah. Um, I may find myself thinking differently. I may find myself thinking that food is bad or certain kinds of food are bad. You know, right. my, well, all kinds of things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, when a person experiences multiple traumas, especially, we create this pathway of functioning, and the themes of that pathway are very difficult to deal with. Mm. If I have encountered, for instance, several instances where uh, I was abused uh, by um, caregivers, okay, um, I might start to think that I have to be perfect to make sure that p- 
people are constantly approving of me because if not then i have to suffer mm-hmm. those kinds of consequences yeah. mm-hmm. um and there'll be maybe a poor to deal with in, tr- in therapy we end up having to deal with the theme mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah uh you were abused this way and this way and this way in, in these different times uh but the result of it was i can never be good enough mm-hmm. yeah well i have to deal with that specifically mm-hmm. i can never be good enough Mm-hmm. Um, when we start dealing with that, it ends up affecting everything on the pathway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. yeah. Because then, then you you're making yourself anxious because you're trying to be perfect in everything. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate your um, analogy of the Grand Canyon. That that's such a good visual. I think I've never heard anyone use that, but of life, of mm-hmm. how you 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 have all these experiences and it in in essence kind of kind of erodes away some things that creates these pathways of how you learn to deal and that that's a really good visual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the the really neat thing about our brains is one of the neat things about it is that uh it, they're pretty pliable and changeable and mm-hmm. so there's even though we can say it's really difficult to change an old pathway it's hard to erase one um, it's actually possible to create new ones, and then, uh, and then those become the main pathways. Wow, wow! Uh, and so, when when I'm treating trauma, for instance, I might work really hard to unravel a negative thought, like I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not enough. I need to be able to replace it with something different, something mm-hmm. like I'm I'm uh, okay just the way I am, or. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm valuable, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, uh, there's a lot of ability. Our brains have a, a, an extraordinary capacity to adapt, mm-hmm. even though they get it gets stuck sometimes. We we can adapt pretty well mm-hmm. when we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Fascinating! Wow. Trauma can come from any situation, and can be spelled with a lowercase t or an uppercase T. What often looks like anxiety or hyperactivity or aggressive behavior may in fact be a trauma response. Trauma forges its way in our lives by creating paths of behavior. But new paths can be established. Subscribe and follow our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And follow us on Instagram at Crossroads of Divorce. Mm -hmm.